Bibles, if you would, and turn to 1 John 2.27. 1 John 2.27. Okay. Everybody there? Here we go. But the anointing which you have received from him abideth in you. You need not any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things. And that is the truth. That is no lie. Even as he have taught you, you shall abide in him. Now we're going to go to Isaiah 10, 27. Isaiah 10, 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off of thy shoulder and his yoke from off of thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I graduated from high school at the age of 17. Always wanted to go in the Navy. Graduated one day and went in the next day. Daddy had to sign for me. I went aboard the USS John W. Weeks which was a destroyer. It had 40 millimeter anti-aircraft guns attached all around it. It had five inch military guns in the front and the back that would turn around and around. Had torpedoes, had sonar equipment that would detect submarines. It had depth charges that could be shot from the side of the ship once the submarine had been found or shoot torpedoes. These ships was called the destroyer. We're going to title this this morning, There's a Destroyer in Your House. Hmm? Come on, say amen. It says he abides in your house. Who does? Who, who abides in your house? The anointing that destroys the yoke. We don't need to pray for the rain to come or the wind to blow of the Pentecostal movement. It is already here in us. It lives in us. There's a destroyer in your house. His name is Jesus. He sent the Holy Ghost down here to get in our house. The Bible said, Greater is he that's in us than anything that is in this world. There's a great anointing in our house. A guy told me one morning at work, said, My wife woke me up during the midnight hour and said, The snake's in this house. I said, Where? She said, It's in the hall. He said, I got up and got my shotgun. I said, I opened the door and looked out in the hall, and there he was. I said, I let him have it. I said, you didn't shoot him in the house? He said, yes, I did. 
I want you to know there's a guard over your house, and it's not those latches you put on your door, but your spirit is guarded by the Holy Ghost. He lives forever inside of us. I know I told Peggy, and she agreed, that sometimes the Lord will give you something, and you say it, I guarantee you, you're going to regret it all week long. The devil going to jump on you, and, and you just feel so guilty. Because the Lord wants you to move up higher, but the devil wants you to stay right where you are. But there's anointing in the house. I want to read you something here that made world news this week. World news. This week. Some of you probably already know President Trump signing a peace agreement with three nations. Never before in the history of the world has this been done. Never, and they're even talking about it now. Urban Baxter, that lives in Urban, Texas, he's a United Pentecostal prophecy teacher. I visited that there several years ago. It's an amazing operation. Listen what he says. Teaching that Daniel's revelation of the final seven years of earth starts by the Antichrist signing the peace covenant between Israel, the Palestine, and the Arab. Now, I asked you what happened a few days ago. Somebody tell me what happened a few days ago. They signed that. I want you to listen to this report. They signed it. And they also believe that four to five nations, which Palestine has not yet agreed, but they believe, I'm just talking about the world leaders, believe this, that they will soon sign that. Notice what's going to happen when they sign it. We're in the end time and where we realize it and know it or not. I believe the Bible. I believe Jesus is coming like a thief in the night. But I believe we don't know the exact time, but we know the signs and the seasons that he gives us. That's where we make a mistake. He gives us signs and seasons and the mystery of his coming. And Notice what else he goes on to say. He teaches that the church will be here when that happens. So we'll see it and we'll know it. That it is the last seven years. Now he's talking about when they sign it like in the book of Revelation. I'll go on to that here right here. And that the peace accordingly kicks off the seven years of the great tribulation. Marking the mark of the beast and the two witnesses. This piece, according to Trump, had made this week is history-making. However, it is not the same event that kicks off the seven years in Revelation because this one does not include Palestine and, of course, the peace according of the Antichrist and the group nation represents the Antichrist system, not just the man of sin but a group of nations. And according to the book of Revelation, these other nations, and they believe it's going to be soon, but it's going to be four or five more, we're going to sign it. And what he's saying, when they sign it, we only have seven years left. You say, well, you don't know that. It may not be seven years, but it's, I know two men that my age told me that God has revealed to them they would be alive when Jesus comes. We need to have anointing in our lives today greater than it's ever been before in our lives. The anointing comes by faith. 
He puts it in your life, but you have to get a hold of it by faith. There's anointing. Micah said it is the Spirit of the Lord straightens. It means it narrow. No, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost cannot be restricted. He is all power. There's no other name in heaven or earth that's given to mankind to be saved except the name of Jesus. He has all power, all authority, and he's given that to us. You ought to say amen. If you hadn't got it, I want you to get it. In your life, in your heart, there's a destroyer in your life. He's not coming. He's already there if you're a Christian. He's already there. The Bible said about there, John wrote this about 60 years or somewhere along there after Jesus' death. It is believed John was the only living disciple alive. Rest has been martyred. And he is this time an old man. But God is revealing to him things that's going to happen. He said the anointing bides where? We just read it. Where does anointing bide? It does not bide in this building. God does not live in tabernacles made by men. He does not live in this church. This church does not occupy God. It's us that occupies God in our lives. When we come to church and worship and praise God, that's when the Spirit of the Lord begins to move dynamically in our lives. The devil don't want us to realize what we have. I had a dream the other night. And I woke up and I got my pencil out and I wrote an 8 by 11 sheet. I got it right here and I'm not going to tell you all of it. And it's just as real as I am right here. I was climbing the mountain. Brother James Clayton, you don't know what that Wednesday night service meant to me when you began to talk about climbing the mountain. And Sister Linda both spoke up. And Sister Angie Teal, I could feel the presence of God. And God told me, said, I'm giving you my power to climb mountains. Listen, God is not interested in us in a valley experience. He wants us to come out of the valley and begin to have a mountaintop experience and believe that God lives inside of us. He is not about to come. If you're a Christian, he's already there. You said, I come, I don't feel it. The just has to live by faith. We've got to have faith to believe that God is in us. And I believe God is in me. How many believe God is in you? You believe God, the destroyer, is in your house. Amen? The little story goes that thief broke in the house. It was dark at night, robbing the, all the jewelry in the house. And the parrot, talking parrot said, Jesus, looking at you. He looked around, didn't see nothing. He kept on stealing. The parrot said again, said, Jesus is going to looking at you. But he looked around, didn't see anything again. And he, he said, Jesus is going to get you. He looked around there with this large Doberman pension showing his pretty white teeth. He just brushed that morning with Colgate White. He was showing him his teeth. I'm telling you, we need to stop worrying and fear and fretting about things. God has revealed that to me this week. said, I don't want you to fret and worry and anxiety about nothing. My anointing is in you. Destroy all of that. It frustrates the grace of God when we allow that to get in our heart and our lives because it robs us of the power that God has given us to set us free from the things of this world. Whom God has set free is free indeed. We are free people. We're not bound by these kind of things. 
Praise God. Lord, help us today. Hallelujah. Listen to what Jesus, or what the Bible says in John 1, 16. And his fullness have you all received. When you get saved, get the Spirit of God in your life, Brother Clayton, you get his fullness. It doesn't mean you can't get more. It means that he, Brother Michael Taylor, he filled you with fullness the day he saved you. He put a destroyer in your life. A destroyer in your life. Somebody's looking over you. I think if I remember correctly, Rhonda Mollum, you might have to correct me at your church one time. Brother Don had gone somewhere and he come back. And he said, was you worried about it? And she said, no, sir, big man. I knew someone bigger than you are watching over you. How many believe that somebody bigger than you are, bigger than the government, bigger than the devil, is watching over your house? There's a destroyer in your house. His name is Jesus. Come on now, church. Well, I'm praying for him to come. If you're a Christian, you already got him. You need to learn to release him. There's something great happening in our lives, something abundant fixing to happen in our soul, greater than we've ever known before. We have received his fullness. We have received the destroyer inside of us. He's inside of us. Praise God. Ecclesiastes 3.14 said, Whatsoever God doth it, it shall be forever. God has put something in us, something great and mighty. Jesus went up to the mountain. If you'll notice, you read the full gospel, how many times he called the disciples up to the mountain. and He began to teach them, began to talk to them. He went up to one mountain with them. There appeared with him Moses and Elijah. You talk about what an awesome thing happened. He was transfigurated before their very eyes. James, Peter, and John passed out. Passed out. And when they awoke, there stood no one but Jesus. Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. It means the reason they was gone Jesus came and fulfilled it all, Brother Melvin, right there. He was transfigurated. Listen, God has put a transfigurated power in our lives. Saul could have been the king and died as king. Because God put him on the throne. God anointed him, and the Bible said, and God, and the Bible said, and God turned him into another man. But pride got in his life, and he wouldn't repent. He wouldn't repent, so God had to remove him from the throne. Judas could have been saved even though he sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. If he would have spent his time repenting instead of hanging himself, he would have been saved. God forgives sin. God, my, my, what a wonderful Sunday school lesson we had this morning about Nebuchadnezzar. He was out there and his fingernails had grew out like bird claws, feathers all over him. Can you imagine what he smelled like? He hadn't took a bath for seven years just living out there. He'd sort of lost his mind. But all of a sudden, the Bible said he came to himself. How many believe that we need to come to ourselves, who we are? And the Bible said, and then he returned back to the, and the glory returned back to him. How many believe that God puts his glory inside of you? Now, I know most people don't believe that. He's not going to share his throne with you, but he'll share his glory with you. Jesus said in his last prayer that he prayed, the last prayer he ever prayed is called the high priestly prayer in St. John 17. He said, Father, 
I gave them the glory that you gave me before the foundation of the world. The devil don't want you to realize and start confessing that you have a destroyer in your house. He, he don't want you to say that. He don't want you to believe that, that he lives in there. John said he abides in you, he lives in you, he dwells in you. That's his home, that's his occupied house. In our home, and I assume if you have a home, you have a, a certified title or deed to your home. Is that right? That means you own that. How many know that Jesus owns you? I like what Brother Don said. I like what Angie Teal said. The preacher from Macon, Georgia said, God will not accept 99% of us. If he doesn't have 100%, he's not going to accept us. He wants everything that we got because he wants to do something in our lives. I believe there's something wonderful happening in this world. I believe there's something greater fixing to happen in this world. The magnificent power of God. John 17 and 22 says that the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. I have given them. Listen, when you get the Spirit of God in your life, you get the glory of God. The Shekinah glory live inside the holies of holies. Is that right? Some of you Bible scholars, is that right? The Shekinah glory lived in the tabernacle, not, not in the tabernacle, of the Ark of the Covenant behind the holies of holies. Is that right? Sure, that's right. That's what the Bible says. But when that veil, when Jesus hung on the cross, and he said these words, Why hast thou forsaken me? And when he said those words, lightning and thunder and earthquake, and David asked this question, said, When will truth and mercy come together? When they will kiss one another? When that happened and that veil was rent from top to bottom, the Shekinah of glory of God was released into the world because truth, Jesus hanging on the cross. And because the Shekinah of glory, mercy was inside the tabernacle, that veil was really rent. It was released into the world. Truth and mercy was released into the world where they can enter our hearts and live and abide forever. Praise God. He didn't come and go. He didn't go on a journey. He lives here. He abides here. He dwells here. He has a title deed to this house. A title deed certified that he owns it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Divine order. David wanted to bring the glory of God home, the Ark of the Covenant home. He wanted to bring it home. The man touched the ark, touched the divine order of God. And what happened to him? Tell me somebody right quick. Tell me what happened to the man that touched the ark. What happened to him? He died. But what did David do? He got angry with God. He just got angry with God, said, I'm not bringing that thing home. I'm going to carry it down at Obed Eden's house. Glory to God. He carried it down there and set it at Obed Eden's house. I tell you, Obed Eden must have had something on the line that David didn't have because he wasn't afraid to bring the glory into his house. He had something going on there that David had lost. How many are ready for the glory to come to your house? Could I have a shout, amen? 
Are you ready for the glory to come to your house? Notice when they set the ark down at Obed-Eden's house and the glory of the Lord was there. The Bible said everything in his house began to be blessed. Everything in his house began to grow. And a runner went back and told David, Have you seen what's happening in Obed-Eden's house? He said, No, I haven't seen. He said, The glory of the... I'm just paraphrasing this a little bit. The glory of the Lord is in his house and everything in his house is blessed. How I many you know that God wants to bless you if you just... Release what he's given you. Oh, there's a destroyer in the house. I hear you knocking, but you what? When the devil knocks on your door, don't answer it. Send the glory there. Send the destroyer there. Let him open the door and ask him, what do you want? There's something miraculous that God has given us. I mean, the angels would like to have this. Say that out loud, Brother Melvin. Amen. The angels desired to have what? This. All the prophets of old, from the book of Genesis to the book of Malachi, desired to have this. They hungry for it. Are you hungry for more of God? Do you want more of God? How many know it's available? It's available us hungry for God the Shekinah glory what followed the children of Israel for 40 years day and night somebody help me preach this morning what followed them the cloud and what what does the cloud and the fire represent the Shekinah glory of what of God who was with them everywhere they went was what the glory of God was over them by the daytime. It was with them by night. And how many know that the Bible said that was just a shadow? Can you imagine living that kind of life every day? Walking in the cloud, walking in the glory. At night, you walking and sleeping in the glory of God. Oh, some people can't sleep for all cause of worry and fear and anxiety and frustrating and messing their lives up. They don't really know how to react. I tell you, you, you need a destroyer in your house. You need somebody that's alive in your house. That when that anxiety comes up, that destroyer shoots that down. Amen? Submit yourself to God and do what? Resist the devil and what will he do? Shout it out loud. What will he do? Flee. When Jesus told the demons, that legions of demons, some controversy, how many there was, I don't know which is right, 12,000 or whatever, but there was a bunch of them little boogers. And they said, let us go into them pigs. And Jesus said what? The same word that Jesus said go, they ran, is the same word in the Greek that when you submit yourself to God, the devil will do what? The power is not ours. The power is God that he gave to us. The battle is not ours. The battle is God. We in a spiritual warfare. One reason they're saying, some of the experts saying that these other four or five nations is going to sign that peace agreement because they are afraid of Iran. Iran is rushing forward and moving forward in abundantly with the nuclear power to destroy the world. And they say we're not paying any attention to it because we got our minds on other things. I tell you, our mind needs to be on the glory of God. Our mind needs to be saturated with the power of God. And what God is and what God wants to do in our lives. What God wants to do every day in our lives. 
not just once in a while. And I know the devil talks to me about this. You can't have that kind of joy all the time. But the Bible said the glory of the Lord is full of joy, the Prince of Peace. The Bible said Jesus was acquainted with grief. He knew what it was to grieve. He knew what sorrow was. He knew what anxiety was, but said he lived in peace. And the glory of God was inside him. He didn't let all of that stuff bother him. Amen? Come on. Listen, I'm preaching to you something this morning that God has given me to change your life. You'll start practicing. We got to be a doer of the word and not just to hear alone. Dr. Cho says the reason American churches can't grow, we hear a church service, we hear the sermon and walk out the door and it's all over with. You've got to meditate on the Word of God. You've got to think on the Word of God. You've got to listen to the Word of God. And then you've got to act on the Word of God, what he says. No weapon formed against me shall what? No weapon formed against my household shall what? I encourage all of you parents, every day of your life, call your children's name before God. I call Dustin Hogue. I call Starla Hill. I call Holly Brown. I call Keith and Gina. God bless them in the spirit mightily and use them in the house of God mightily. I don't know whether we're going to have seven more years left or not. I don't know. It don't bother me one way or another. I got my ticket and I'm ready. Amen. If the first plane comes by, I'm going to go up. Amen. I'm going to be in line for the first load. Some of you may have to wait to the second load, but I'm not going to take no chance. Huh? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Some say, well, I don't want to go on the first load. You better be careful. You might not be another load. Huh? Do what, Brother James? Oh, hallelujah. I heard a dynamic sermon. I went to a funeral Friday. I tell him, Peggy, about it. About the preacher preached over a man. He said, I'll tell you one story about him. He said, one night during the church service. He said, just the one about him. The Spirit of God was moving so mightily in that church that I seen him get up and go over set against the wall. Said, I don't know how long the service lasted because the Spirit of God was moving. Said, he just sat there. No movement, no action. He just sat there. Said, I wonder how long is he going to sit there without getting up. I just wonder how long he going to keep sitting there and never get up. He just keeps sitting there. And said, when the service was over, we had to dismiss. We went over to wake him up, get him up, and he couldn't get up. We had to get him up. We had to walk him out of the church because he wouldn't walk. That's the spirit and the glory of God saturating the mortal body and the spiritual man that where he can't function anymore on his own, he's got to function in the spirit of God. I ask God to give us the glory of God so strong that it kills our flesh every day of our lives, that we only operate in the power of God and what he has for us. Praise God. I read the other day where this older pastor told this younger pastor, he went and heard him preach, and he said, uh, I don't care what you preach as long as it's 40 minutes. I don't know how long I've been up here, about 15, 20 minutes, so maybe it's time for me to quit. And I pray that we know how to enter in the Spirit of God and come out of the Spirit of God. 
we know how when God wants us to move and when God wants us to hush. That was Solomon's prayer. I don't know how to go in and I don't know how to come out. It's so important that we follow the Spirit of God. It's so important we pray in the Spirit. Most prayers are prayed from the flesh, a fleshly mind, over and over. But when you get in the Spirit, and God begins you something to pray about, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Listen to this in Exodus 13 and 2. And the Lord went before them. Was God in his continued presence was with them. For 40 years, day and night, God, the Shekinah glory, Sister Linda, was with them. And that was just a shadow. That's just a shadow of what Jesus brings. It's just a shadow. I wonder, and, I, and it bothers me. The Apostle Paul was locked down on the road to Damascus by a light brighter than the noonday sun. That was the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. We need to see that today. We need to have that kind of experience in our lives of the wonderful blessings of God. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. And I'll read that and then we'll close. We'll close. For God has not given us the spirit of what? He's not given you. So when, the, when, when, you, when you're fearful, you know that uh, it's not of God. I said, you know that's not of God. The Spirit will reveal to you that's what? It's not of God. Resist the devil and do what? Who, who, who is to resist the devil? And this Andrew Romans tape that Denise Peake gave me about speaking the Word of God. Speaking the Word of God. He prayed with this woman that had a terrible disease for many years. Many, many years. Couldn't get over it. Lived in constant pain all the time. She had been told by her religion that God had given her that so that she would suffer for him. I want to go on record this morning. This may not go where it needs to go, but God did not afflict you in any way so you would serve him. Would you put up our, could you put up our right quick, uh, Matthew 8, 17, one of the greatest healing scriptures in the Bible. He came to set the captives free. He came to give liberty. And some people, when you talk to them about that, well, Apostle Paul, God gave him a, a they didn't say sickness, gave him a thorn in the flesh, which was the devil, because he received up into heaven and seed things sharing that he was forbidden to write. It was to keep him from being exalted above measure. So this woman said, I've been told that this spirit's been given to me, this sickness been given to me, that I must serve God. That is not from God. God came to set men free. He put the power of Christ in us to keep us free from the things of this world. Let me turn over and read that. Let me read the rest of this. 
let me read you this rest of this. But God has not given us what? The spirit of what? Fear. When you're fearful and afraid and anxiety, where do you know that come from? It come from the devil. He wants to upset you. He wants to get you upset. But he's given you the power of love and the power of what? Sound mind. When Nebuchadnezzar came to his mind, his right mind, when the man in the tomb was clothed in his right mind, the man, the prodigal son, came to himself. I want you to notice this. One of the greatest healing scriptures in the Bible. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken Isaiah, the prophet saying, he took what? All of our sins. He took them. Nailed them to the cross. And what else did he do? He bared all of our sickness where we would not have to bear them. And then he put the anointing inside of us. Would you be bold this morning say, I have a destroyer living inside me? I have a destroyer living inside me. I mean, you know, in your patience, possess you, your what? Now, I had an, a great experience just this week about this. If something was frustrating me and aggravating me, it's the devil. We're in a spiritual warfare. We're not in war with flesh and blood. We're in a war with spirits. It's spirits that we war with. And that's why the Bible said the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's a spirit. The words are spirit. When you speak the word of God, you speak in spirit against the powers of darkness of hell, which is spirit. I was so frustrated, so aggravated. And the spirit of the Lord come up on me and said, you're going to have to cast that out. Are you all with me? You can't ask God to cast it out. If you want to know about more of this, I'll talk to you later about it. He didn't tell you that he would cast it out. Is that right? How many of you know the Bible? He didn't tell you. That, huh? What are you saying, Brother Clayton? What would you say? you got to cast it out because he's given you the power, the destroyer for you to stand up boldly and come to the throne of grace and speak to that thing boldly and tell it it has no right here. Amen? It has no right here. We have to be bold. Going back to this woman, when Andrew Romick prayed for her, she got healed. And she says, can I do that? She said, I still got a burden. And he says, yes, you can. You can do that. But you're going to have to change your mentality that that didn't come from God. That come from the devil. She says, I got a burning. He said, she said, how come that didn't go? He said, because you didn't tell me to speak to the burning. She said, well, speak to the burning. He said, burning? What? What happened? It, it immediately, it went. She says, can I do that? I said, yes. She got to the door, and she said, I, he began to tell us, and now there's going to things, listen, God can completely heal you, but if you're not careful, the devil is going to come back and bring that up and try to put that on you again. I could give you some examples and testimonies of people. You've got to stand up. And rebuke the devil yourself. She got to the door and said, the burning's back. He said, well, pray for it. She 
She said, Lord, I thank you that you're going to drive this burning out. And nothing happened. She said, how come it's not happening? He said, you're not speaking to the mountain, which is the burning. Speak to the burning. She said, burning, I command you to come out. And then immediately left her, left her for years. Come on now, church. God wants us to come to the realization who we are. There's a destroyer in our house. There's power and victory inside of us. All we got to do is release our faith. To release it. How do you release it? Psalm 91. I mentioned this to Brother Melvin this morning. We was praying. He said, you know, said I read from Psalms. I never forgot what chapter. Oh, and he said, there's some wonderful stuff in Psalms. 91 and 2. I, I may preach on this, teach on this for, I will say, David said. He didn't say, I will believe. He says, I will what? Say. Because there's a destroyer, there's authority. There's power, sits dying, there's power and authority in the word. The word is spirit. And when you speak it, believe that you've got it. Believe it, it's yours. It belongs to me. You shall have whatsoever you say. Delight thyself in the law of God. He'll give you what? Desires of your heart. St. John 15 and 7. Abide in his word. And he'll abide in you. And whatsoever you ask, he'll give you. I want to get a hold of that. I tell you, church, I want to, I want to say to the mountain, my family's got some problems, but I'm speaking to them mountains. Every day of my life, I'm speaking to the mountains. Hallelujah. Job said, decree a thing, and it shall be. You can't do it from your head. You can't do it from the knowledge. you got to get it in your heart. you got to believe what I speak is going to come to pass because there's a destroyer in my life. There's a destroyer when it comes out of my life. Spirit, sharper than any two-edged sword. He'll give seed to the sower. The more you sow of the word of God, glory to God. I said I was going to quit, didn't I? I guess I'm going to have to repent. The more you talk to yourself about the word of God, sowing the seed, the more faith you're going to have. Faith comes how? By hearing what? And when that seed gets in there, one seed gets in that heart. It gets in that heart, that soil. A good, good seed gets in some good soil. It starts reproducing. The more you say it, the more you'll feel it, the more your faith will grow, and more you'll visualize and mental seeing the things of God happening. Dr. Cho said, the Spirit of God operates in my life. When I stand behind the pool and preach, that he gives me visions and pictures of people in the congregation that needs healing. That I call their name and tell them to stand up, and when they stand up, automatically they heal. Because the presence of God. I want to see that to happen in my life. How many want to see it happen in your life? That God can give you a mental picture of what's going on. We're getting a lot of mental pictures of what's going on in the world, but we need a spiritual mental picture of what God wants to see happen. God has no favorites. He showed no favoritism. He has no special people. Only his own people. What he's done for one, he'll do for the other. I want us to pray together before we go home. I want you to pray this morning, Lord, let the word of God sink down in my heart.
Let me meditate on the Word of God. Not just what I'm preaching this morning, but meditate on the Word of God. Let it become alive in your life. Let it be your lifehood. Praise God. That you're going to meditate on the Word of God. And God is going to give you visions and dreams and things like that. Praise God. The Bible says old men shall dream dreams. Probably not, but no, there's two people in this building today older than I am. I won't call their name, but... <laughs> But anyhow, pray. Pray driving where? Down the road. How many has ever spent some time in the doctor's office? Huh? What do you do? Carry your Bible. If you haven't got a Bible, sit there and meditate on the Word of God. Bring to remembrance the things of God. Utter it in the things of God. Don't let the devil steal your time. Don't let him fill you with aggravation and frustration and anxiety. Be filled with the Spirit. Have you prayed? You're going to meditate on the Word of God. God bless you for being here today. God bless you.